You're listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about the Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> My name is Neelu. Uh, it's so lovely to be um, here with you this morning. Um, I'm one of the leaders, I'm also serving as one of the trustees of the church, and it is my privilege to read from the scripture for you this morning. So I'm reading from John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If they were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Thank you, Neelu. Good morning, church. Good morning. What an incredible morning it has been so far. We have an exciting day uh, ahead of us this evening, as John mentioned, is baptism. So please do join us um, this morning. Uh, Starting last week and over the next couple of weeks, we are spending some time in the last moments of Jesus's life. This is an Easter series called Sunday is Coming. Resurrection is on the horizon. A new day is about to dawn. Hope is here. And if it's okay with you today, I want to talk about heaven for a few minutes. Eternity. The next life. You know, I don't think we talk about the life to come Enough. This morning is part one. I'd love to share a little bit more part two, so I encourage you to come tonight. But is anyone experiencing life being tough right now? Anyone experiencing life being tough? Like God is on the move in so many incredible ways and and so many phenomenal things are happening in our church and in our lives individually. But does anyone just feel that life is a struggle? Like the struggle is real. There are battles as well as blessings. There are problems as well as promises. There is pain as well as provision. There is beauty and there is buffeting, hand in hand. Anyone else or, or just me? Um, I've experienced the blessings and the battles of life this week. Last Saturday, I broke my hand, my finger. Um, I was chopping wood. It was a pretty manly way to break a hand. And I've enjoyed telling people, I've enjoyed the attention, Um, but it's been a bit of a nightmare. Spent about nine hours in walk-in centers, been to the hospital twice, Uh, was penned up for surgery, and they gave kind of, um, they said to me, Josh, we want to manipulate it back into position. Now, I'm not a doctor, but that doesn't sound great. Thankfully, they injected me with stuff, and it has stayed in position, um, and everything's good. Now, I'm a big believer that God works all things for the good of those who love him, and every cloud is a silver lining, and this has meant that I haven't had to do my chores this week. <laughs> so Hannah, Hannah said to me, Josh, can you do the potty training? I'm like, oh, babe. <laughs> oh, you know how much I love that job, but I'm, oh, I just can't. She's like, can you take the bins out? I'm like, but babe, look at my hand. And then she's here this morning going, why are you playing guitar? <laughs> <laughs> got out of it all week. Um, and the other downside really is that I have to shower in a bin bag, which is deeply demoralizing. 
But we often find ourselves, don't we, in seasons of life where just life is tough, where things are hard, where relationships are in conflict, where we experience pain and sickness and loss. And I don't know where you find yourself this morning. Maybe life is great and all is well. Or maybe you feel like you're drowning. Maybe you're feeling disillusioned, anxious about the future, guilty about the past, depleted in the present, at the end of yourself. Maybe you find yourself caught in a web of addiction you can't get out of or a hopelessness you can't see beyond. Maybe life hasn't worked out the way you had imagined and you're just disappointed. Maybe God feels distant or dormant or deaf or dead. Or maybe it's a combination of all of the above. You need to know that there is hope. Sunday is coming. Friday is good because Sunday is coming. And so we're spending some time in Jesus' last moments and the passage that Neely read. Um, Let me set the scene. Jesus is gathered with some of his closest friends. It is an incredibly painful, difficult moment. This is the night before Jesus is murdered. He's about to die. He knows he's about to die. He's with his disciples and they've spent the preceding maybe three or so years with him every single day. They love him more than anything. A few verses earlier, Jesus tells them that he's going to be murdered. He tells them that one of them will betray him. He tells Peter, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Only to imagine the atmosphere in the room, grief will hang heavy in the air. Hopelessness will be clinging like a mist. There will have been anxiety and fear, uncertainty and anguish. This is a heavy moment for the disciples and Jesus, pregnant with pain. And into this moment, into this atmosphere, Jesus speaks these words, do not let your hearts be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. Right now, guys, we live in a troubled world, don't we? Across the earth, war ravages. Threats of war are intensifying. Natural disasters are increasing. The brokenness of creation becoming more and more apparent. Here at home, the cost of living crisis is driving anxiety deep into many of our bones. Those that have less are most affected. Depression is rife. Mental health issues are at an all-time high. We are more connected socially than ever before and yet lonelier than at any time in history. Addiction is a normal part of the human experience. There's more division than ever. We have an identity crisis, a leadership crisis, a financial crisis, and I would suggest more than anything, a hopelessness crisis. Our world is a mess and our hearts are troubled. I wonder today if your heart is troubled. And into all of that steps Jesus. Faced with death and grief and agony, right around the corner, his disciples shaken by the news that he is going to be murdered in just a few moments at about the age of 33. Jesus turns to his disciples. He turns to us this morning with a glint in his eye, with compassion in his heart, knowing that many of the disciples gathered around him are themselves going to be murdered in the months, years ahead, knowing that every single one of us is going to experience suffering of all kinds. He looks at us and he says this, let not your hearts be troubled. Isn't that crazy? 
Doesn't that feel impossible? How is that possible? Well, let me tell you how it's possible, church. It's because Jesus knows what's to come on the other side of your pain. Jesus knows what's to come on the other side of your problems and your persecution. Jesus knows what's to come on the other side of this life. Here is what Jesus says. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'm gonna come back Jesus says, and I'm going to take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Guys, here is the hope that Jesus offers us. Here is why he's able to to say, let not your hearts be troubled. Is this because beyond this world lies another. Beyond this life is a place that Jesus himself is preparing for us, a destination a place even more real than the one we experience now, an eternal life of joy and beauty and peace, heaven. Or more accurately, it should be called the new heaven and the new earth. It is a recreation. It is all things made new. And so Jesus said, it is possible for us to live with an untroubled heart in the midst of all of this. How? because heaven is coming. A new world is on the horizon. A perfect eternity awaits for us. Heaven is the untroubler of the human heart. When you're feeling low and lost, think of heaven. When you're feeling anxious and hopeless, think of heaven. When you're suffering, think of heaven. If you're grieving, think of heaven. If you're waiting, think of heaven. Heaven is our hope. Paul writes this in Colossians chapter one, we've heard of your faith in Jesus and your love for one another because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Some days just fixing your eyes on eternity is the thing that gets you through. Sometimes it's the only thing in the midst of life. Now many of us have many preconceptions about what heaven will be like. People think that heaven is sitting on the clouds, listening to gospel music. We've got no bodies, we're like ghosts. Um, Nothing could be further from the truth. The language of the New Testament is far more concrete than that, far more tangible than that, far more physical than that, far more real, far more experiential. There are loads of pictures in the New Testament for what the next life is gonna be like, but I wanna just draw your attention to three. First of all, heaven is a home then heaven is a new earth, and finally heaven is a garden. That's where we're going now. So heaven is a home. Don't we all deep down long for home? Don't we all long for home? This is the vision of our church. You'll see it everywhere. We're passionate about home. Firstly, God is our home. We find our home in him. Secondly, we're called to be a home for one another. And thirdly, we're called to invite our city home. We also have to remember that This world is not our home. Do you ever feel homesick? Do you ever feel, I wonder if you experience that. Do you ever feel unfulfilled? Aching for a place that you've never known. Do you ever find yourself longing for more? Longing for home, I do. I ache and I mourn. And it feels odd because I'm so thankful to God for the blessings of this life. 
I'm so thankful for my family and this church and all that God has given me. I'm content with my lot and it feels a bit ungrateful, but I can't shake a dissatisfaction. This homesickness, this longing for Jesus in his fullness, I feel homesick. The Bible says that God has placed eternity in the human heart, and maybe you feel like that. Does anyone else relate to me, or is it just me? We long for home. C.S. Lewis says this, if I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. Church, you were made for another world. This world is not your home, you're a traveler, you're a pilgrim. You're a sojourner journeying through a broken, fractured world, doing our little bit to bring the kingdom, to bring heaven into our reality. But our hearts belong elsewhere. Heaven is a home. And Jesus paints this picture in the passage we read today. Jesus says, heaven's like my father's house. And it has many rooms and I'm preparing a home for you there. Heaven is a home. It's a place of belonging and intimacy a place where every single part of us experiences fulfillment and joy and satisfaction. Home speaks of family, speaks of connection and relationship. It's the Father's house, meaning God himself invites you and welcomes you in. It's relationship face-to-face with our creator. It's an invitation to his family, living out our full identity as sons and daughters. Home speaks of delight and great food, Another picture for heaven in the New Testament is that of a banquet and a party and a celebration. Is anyone excited about that? How many of you know we're not going to be ghosts in heaven? Paul says we'll have physical bodies raised and new, bodies that you can touch, we'll be able to eat, we'll be able to drink. If Diet Coke is this good in this life, how much better will it be in heaven? Every part of ourselves will be renewed and redeemed to its original design. We won't be robots with our memories wiped. We'll be resurrected, renewed version of ourselves, fully alive in God, free from blemish and sin and shame and guilt, just as it was always meant to be. Are you excited, church? Heaven is a home. Secondly, heaven is a new earth. Revelation speaks of heaven like a city in a new world. Revelation 21 says this, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for a husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. Heaven is not somewhere ethereal we go, but it is God recreating the earth and making a place where he dwells among his people forever. I love that verse and that line, all things new, which says, O Lord, you've made yourself a home, heaven and earth forever one. All things once sown in weakness will be raised in glory. Stunning. It is a place where God dwells amongst us and perfect peace reigns. And in this new world, every wrong will be made right. Verse four, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things will be passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, 
I am making everything new. Some of you need to hear this today. You may be going through tremendous pain and suffering. And while we believe for miracles and while we believe for breakthrough, and we'll pray for that in a few moments, you need to know that one day things will be made right. Sometimes we don't have the answers for what's going on in our present But one day Jesus will come back and make all things new. Every bit of pain and suffering will be redeemed. Death will be finished forever. No more tears. No more suffering. The curse ended. The fall reversed. Jesus, the one on the throne making all things new. Every broken thing will be healed. Every bit of injustice will be made right. Every lie rewritten. Every secret exposed. Every bit of pain tenderly healed. And there's more, guys. If there's, if there's a new Jerusalem, I believe there'll be a new hole. And everything we've prayed for and wept will be restored. And all the injustice in our city that we ache over, if it's not fixed in this life, will be fixed in the next. The city that we live in will come fully alive. Isn't that amazing? Finally, conscious of time, heaven is a garden. If you've got a Bible, Luke chapter 23. I'm going to come into land shortly. Heaven is a garden. Jesus is on the cross. And either side of him hang a crucified criminal. Says this, one of the criminals who hung there held insults at Jesus. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and save us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. And then he says to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, truly I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Now the word paradise in Greek is the word Paradisos, the English word paradise is just a direct translation of the Greek word. But in the Greek word, you know what paradisos means? It means garden. It means garden. So Jesus hanging on the cross turns to a thief who's being killed for his crimes, one dying man to another. And Jesus says this, I'll meet you later today in the garden. Later today. In a few moments, we'll meet again in the garden. Now, if you're a Hebrew listening in, you'd know that there's only one garden. Jesus is talking about the garden of Eden, that original place where humanity walked with God, heaven and earth overlapped, where it all went wrong. Jesus says later today, in a moment, I'll see you in the garden. In other words, paradise, heaven is just moments away. Paradise is close. The kingdom is at hand. The veil between this life and the next is wafer thin. It's close. Jesus says, today you'll be with me. And I want to submit this morning that he would say the same thing to us right now. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul says this. He says, he's talking about this encounter he had with God. And he says, I got caught up in paradise. Same word, paradiso, same word, God. And he said, I got, I got caught up in this encounter with God in a garden. And he says, I heard inexpressible things I'm not permitted to share. 
In other words, Paul tastes of God's kingdom in the now. Jesus said the kingdom of God is moments away. And in Revelation, the third use of the word paradise in the New Testament is when the new Jerusalem comes down and all things are made new. Eternity is real. Heaven is close. Paradise is available to us. Jesus is preparing for us a home and a garden and a city, a new earth for us to live in with him. So the question is, how do we get there? How do we get to experience this eternity now in this life and in the life to come? Well, a few verses on from the passage Neely read this morning, Jesus, one of the disciples, has that question. Thomas says, Jesus, we, we want this new life. We want the Father's house, but we don't know the way. Jesus says the famous line, I am the way. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. If you want eternity, if you're maybe here and you don't follow Jesus and you're like, okay, I, I need to have a, a sure hope on which to build my life. I, I want to experience the life to come here in the now and in the future. How do we get there? In its most simple terms, it's this. Look to Jesus. Come to Jesus. He is the way. No one gets to the Father's house but by Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's not about our good works. It's not about our, our head knowledge. It's not about all the things that we've done and said, how many times we've prayed. None of that makes any difference. It is about receiving the free gift of God's grace because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. I want you to imagine now the thief that was hanging next to Jesus on the cross, he dies. And I want you to imagine he wakes up on the other side and he stood before St. Peter in front of the pearly gaze. I'm pretty sure it doesn't work like this, but let's just say that it does. The man from the cross, the thief, who said to Jesus, remember me, wakes up standing before St. Peter. And St. Peter says, hello, and the man kind of looks around and goes, hi. And St. Peter says, so what are you doing here? And the man from the cross, the thief, says, I've no idea. I've not got a clue why, why I'm here. And St. Peter says, well, did you live a good life? Were you a good person? Did you tick all the boxes? Did you follow all the law? And the man says, no, 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 I, I lived a terrible life. In fact, I've just been murdered. I've just been killed as a just punishment for my crimes. And the man says, well, are you sure? And he says, yeah, I was, I, was, I was a bad person. Peter says, well, this doesn't add up. Why are you here? Maybe you've got some good head knowledge about God. Do you understand the doctrine of the Trinity? Do you understand what it means to be saved by grace alone through faith alone? The man goes, I didn't understand most of what you just said, St. Peter. So Peter goes, well, why are you here? How did you get here? And this is what the man might say. He might say this. The man on the middle cross told me I could come. That's it. That's it. That's the only thing that qualifies us. The man on the middle cross said I could come. It's not about how good we are. It's not about our long list of achievements. It's not about our religiosity and how many times we've come to church. If you want to know what it means to become a Christian, to have your past wiped clean, to have an eternal hope secured for the future. It is simply this, coming to Jesus, believing in Jesus, putting your trust in Jesus for him to save you. That's it. 
We don't need a life coach. We need someone to rescue us because we need saving. And so I wonder where you're at this morning. Do you feel hopeless, caught in a world gone wrong? Have you been caught up in sin? Are you powerless? Are you being destroyed by the world, by injustice? The gospel is this, that God has come in Jesus Christ. He has defeated the powers. God has made him Lord. He rules and he reigns and he's working in all of our circumstances, personal and in the world. Will you give up control, give your life to Jesus, submit to him as Lord and participate in this new world? And here is the promise. Those of us that say yes to that, we get our past wiped clean. We get an experience of God and heaven in our present through a relationship with Jesus and we get an eternal hope secure forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Hall Vineyard podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash connect. And stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church. Go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash church news and sign up for our weekly mailing. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon.